Hello, hello, hello. You are tuning into the Rise Station podcast. I am your host, Pranella Harris, licensed mental health provider, bringing you everyday wellness tips and mental health education. If you're joining me for the first time, welcome. Please go ahead and subscribe so that you can receive alerts every Monday at 7 a.m. when I upload a new episode. If you like what you hear, please take it a step further and share this out to friends and family so that we can get this message out to as many people as possible. I want to shout out to my Rise Tribe, my loyal listeners who continue to rise and vibe with me. Thank you so much for your support. The last few episodes have been about toxic relationship patterns and how people can emotionally manipulate you in relationships. Today's episode is designed to educate you on how to respond to others who attempt to gaslight you. So coming up, I will teach you how to use an effective strategy and technique to respond to gaslighting. Before I get into that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Restorative Family Services. We are a behavioral health practice. Our mission is to provide quality, affordable, and accessible mental health care to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you are struggling and in a dark place, we are here to help. Visit our website at www.restorativefamilyservices.com. This podcast is brought to you by Private Practice where we provide leadership training and practice management coaching specific to helping mental health professionals build their private practice to provide a much needed service for their community. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.privatepractice.com. Okay, I want to start with defining what is gaslighting. So the term gaslighting comes from a 1940s film called Gaslight. In this film, the home electricity was controlled by a gaslight. So in this film, a husband would wait for his wife to go upstairs and retire for bed, and then he would flicker the gaslight and cause the electricity or the lights to flicker. And his wife would come downstairs and, you know, to confirm, hey, did you just see that? Did you see the lights go off? And the husband would act like nothing happened so that the wife would question her reality until she was subsequently hospitalized because of fear of losing her mind. So that's where the term comes from today. And the term means, you know, it's an emotional manipulative strategy in which someone causes you to question your own reality. So when we're gaslit in relationships, it's really someone making us feel as if what we're thinking, seeing, feeling, hearing is not real, that there's something wrong with us. So Let's break this down. Let's unpack this a little bit. Gaslighting comes in many flavors and can be unnerving to the victim who's experiencing it. Some examples of gaslighting can be just blatant lies, like look you in the eye and say, no, I didn't say that. You misheard. You misunderstood. You misinterpreted. You misremembered. That didn't happen. And you're like, no, I remember we were sitting right here in this kitchen. We were talking about this. You had on this blue shirt and you said this. No, it didn't happen. You misremembered or I don't know what you're talking about. And then you start to question yourself. So that's an example of gaslighting. Also, 
using something you said in confidence against you. So maybe you confided in someone about your relationship or dispute with a friend. And when you are in a dispute with the gaslighter, they're going to use that to unnerve you, to cause you to feel insecure. Saying things like, you see, this is why you don't have any friends now. Or this is why no one wants to hang out with you because you're too serious, you're too emotional, you're too whatever. Okay, using something that you said in confidence against you, you know, making it seem like everybody else knows that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional. All right. Another form of gaslighting or something that a common example you might encounter is someone saying, oh, you're being jealous. Uh, Me liking these photos on Instagram or Facebook of this attractive person. It's not me cheating or being interested. You're just insecure or telling you I'm not cheating. You're just overreacting. You're insecure and you're just reading more into a text or a look or, you know, me giving attention to someone. Okay. Another example of gaslighting can look like this. After being provoked and you have a reaction to being provoked, see, you're crazy. See, you're angry. You're always so hostile. You know, blaming you for your reaction to their behavior, but not taking accountability for what got you there, what led to that, the provocation that led to you reacting in that way. Okay, that can be uh, gaslighting. Another example of gaslighting is someone saying to you, people will soon find out that you're not as nice as you seem. They will see the real you soon, insinuating that the version of you that they see is going to be exposed in some way. They will see the monster that I see. Really having you feel like, okay, you're a bad person or you're wearing a mask of some sort that is going to be exposed. That's a a form of gaslighting because then you feel like you have to defend yourself. You feel like, oh no, I'm this, I'm that. But usually when people are gaslighting you, they intentionally are doing this for a reaction. They know that you are an authentic person, but they want you to second guess who you are or try to convince them or do more. All right. So why is gaslighting so harmful? Well, deceiving someone into questioning their reality can be detrimental to a person's self-esteem and trust for themselves. Right. It may erode their ability to trust their own judgment, causing them to value the opinions and decisions of others more than they value their own judgments and opinions, rendering them helpless You know, victims of gaslighting can stay trapped in emotionally abusive relationships because they do not trust themselves. You know, they've been broken down over the years to believing that they're somehow flawed, believing that they don't make good decisions, that they are constantly messing up, making mistakes, not making the right judgment calls, and they become dependent on the abuser, the person who is gaslighting them. This is a way to control them. This is the way to control their mind as well. Because, hey, I don't trust myself, so I have to defer to your judgment. I have to defer to whatever you want to do. And this can leave people feeling very 
dissatisfied in relationships, causing them depression, anxiety, PTSD, and a whole host of ailments and emotional and behavioral issues, including low self-esteem. And this can stick around for quite some time, even after you've left those relationships, because it's so ingrained and so pervasive. So gaslighting is very harmful, harmful to the person who is being gaslit. But there are some things that you can do if you feel that you're being gaslighted. The information shared here is not a substitute for counseling. You should use this in conjunction with counseling, you know, continuously get gathering information in conjunction with your therapy sessions. You know, get a good mental health therapist trained in emotional abuse to walk alongside you in this journey is going to be very helpful and yield you the best results to overcoming emotional abuse of gaslighting. So the first step when dealing with gaslight is you first have to detach emotionally from having to get others to agree with you. So this is where you're going to really ground yourself and sit into the knowing that, hey, I know myself better than anyone else and I know what I think and feel and no one else can tell me any different. So detach emotionally from having others to cheer you on, having others to agree or condone your position, opinions, thoughts of yourself, right? The gaslighter knows the truth, but they want to repaint the narrative to suit whatever their agenda is. So they may know that you're empathetic. They may know that you're caring and helpful. But if they get you to doubt yourself, if they get you to be unsure of yourself, then they are going to be able to mold you more easily into doing and thinking in the way they want you to think. So they're, they're going to say things that will get a rise out of you. They're going to challenge your character or what you think, feel so that they can have more control. All right. So think about this. The more energy you give, the more you feed into that narrative. So understand that the gaslighters intentions are not to resolve a conflict. It's not to come into alignment. It's not to get on the same page. It is to win. It is to conquer you. It is to control you. It is to move forward with their agenda. So the first thing you have to do is detach emotionally. Be unbothered unmoved, unimpressed by whatever strategies, tactics they're using to get you to acquiesce to their demands. Second step when you're dealing with being gaslit. If your words are being twisted around or conversations distorted, want you to send text confirmations, right? Or an email, rather than having a bunch of verbal conversations where people can deny, oh, I didn't say that. Oh, you misunderstood. You misinterpreted. You misremembered. Start sending text messages. If it's something important, start sending text messages. Engage in a written format to have a paper trail of conversations that you can go back to, right? So when the gaslighter says you misremembered, you misunderstood, you misinterpreted, there's a paper trail. You can say something like, well, I'd like to call your attention to exhibit A and so on. Okay, so making sure that you have less conversations that can be twisted and turned around that you send a text message or if you have a conversation, follow it up with an email just to confirm, follow up with a text message 
as per our conversation, you know, that way you have a written document. Step three is to set boundaries. Be clear and concise. Be prepared to exit with grace or disengage from a discussion once the boundary is set. Right. We don't have to stick around. We don't have to keep explaining ourselves. We just express to the person what we expect, how we would like them to engage with us and be prepared. If that person does not uphold that boundary, does not respect the boundary, then be prepared to exit with grace, meaning you don't have to have this big blowout. Oh, I'm leaving, slamming doors, dropping items, all all kinds of stuff. You don't need to do that. You just leave. Oh, you know what? I have some errands to run, or maybe we can pick this conversation up at another time. But whatever you need to do, you do so in a graceful manner that does not have to be combative, argumentative. Okay. When you set boundaries, do not be reactive, right? I repeat, do not be reactive. So again, with the detachment, we are emotionally detaching from being overly emotional when we're engaging with a gaslighter because we don't want our emotions to be used against us, right? So don't beg, don't plead, don't scream, foam at the mouth to defend yourself or set the record straight. I just want to tell you, mm -mm, we don't want to do that. You don't have to defend your honor. You don't have to rebut, retaliate. No, no, ma'am. No, no, sir. Okay. They throw out, the gaslighter is throwing out bait for you to take. So do not take the bait. They may say things that'll get a rise out of you. That'll, you know, hit you at your weak points, your sore spots, you know, they might call you names, call you insecure, you're too sensitive. And, and you might feel that you, you may feel compelled to, I'm not sensitive, you're this. And that gives them, you know, fuel that gives them fuel that gives them something to get you entangled with. But no, what we want to do is we want to be less reactive and we want to be clear and concise when we're setting boundaries. Okay. Also. When setting boundaries, I want you to keep this in mind, is respond with brief matter of fact answers. That way you set clear boundaries and expectations on how you want to be treated. Do not over explain. Do not get entangled in the argument. So you want to be brief and matter of fact. All right. So that leads me to step number four, which is gray rock. And just like, you know, the title entails, it's it's a gray rock. A gray rock does nothing, right? So on the outside, you look as calm as can be. There could be a real party going on inside. Your heart could be beating faster, but you're going to look calm and collective on the outside. Okay. And so what you're going to do when you're great rocking, when someone is trying to get a rise out of you, when someone is, you know, trying to gaslight you, get you to question your reality, you're going to respond with brief, unemotional language. That is very matter of fact. You're not going to over explain or overreact. You're going to avoid contact if you can and set your boundaries and stick to them. All right, because if you set boundaries that you continuously override, then they're not effective boundaries. So when you set a boundary, be prepared 
to leave a situation, be prepared for someone to violate the boundaries. And if they violate the boundaries, what is the next step to upholding your own boundaries? Well, if I say I don't like being yelled at and they continuously yell, then I have to make a decision on whether or not I stay or whether or not I leave. Leaving is how you uphold your boundaries. Like, okay, well, because you can't talk to me like a civilized adult, I am not going to engage in this conversation. Okay, now I must state this. This is a strategy that can be effective. You know, you have to use your discretion. This technique may not be effective for all situations, especially situations where there is threat of physical violence. So I recommend if there is domestic violence, I recommend that you work with a domestic violence service provider to come up with a safety plan and or a mental health therapist to come up with a safety plan so that you can make sure that you're not putting yourself in an unsafe situation because at the end of the day, your safety is most important. But gray rocking can be very effective because it actually minimizes the exchange. It minimizes the energy output, uh, the number of arguments, because you're just not giving into the emotional reactivity. You're actually responding and staying grounded in your power, not wanting to convince, not wanting to uh, set the record straight. Um, You're not taking the bait and you're also not taking insults and all those uh, toxic things that derail and take your self-esteem down into the toilets. Okay. So in conclusion, gaslighting is emotional abuse. The gray rock technique is a great tool to have in your toolbox. If you're dealing with toxic gaslighters, the one takeaway is that you can be so powerful when you stop giving your energy to others and stop caring whether or not they agree or see things from your perspective or not. Gaslighting becomes less effective when you decide that the insults, the judgments, the criticisms, the self-doubt has no power over you. When you decide to stop reacting and begin responding from a confident place, you begin standing in your power. You are no longer looking for others to confirm your reality because you're trusting in yourself. And because you trust yourself, you're able to walk away and detach from situations and relationships that are not serving your highest good. So keep ascending and vibrating higher and stop entertaining toxic people. Until next time, enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience. By providing us with a five-star review, you help make this podcast visible to others. Help pull others out of a dark space by showing that you care, by sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.